Welcome in for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Tim Shields, and I am joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Wayne Breezy Brown. Uh, been a little bit, been a little crazy, wanted to wait until this news became official, and it has. Um, but, you know, going through all of the football coverage as well, with Patriots stuff starting up, kept both of us busy to a certain extent. Um, but... We are here and we're here to talk about Jalen Brown and a couple other little juicy tidbits that came out of uh, that press conference. But before we jump into it, Wayne, how are we feeling today, man? You know, I'm feeling good, man. My cousin has returned. He decided he was going to stay for a while uh, and, and, and talked about what he wants to do and why he chose to stay in Boston. He has some goals out there in the community. And I, I think this is that. I told you it, was, it had to, had something to do with something other than just the contract. The number had to be right, but there's some things that he wants to get done with building the bridge. You saw he was wearing a bridge T-shirt. That he he's I, I like where Jalen Brown is going with this. Black Wall Street is on its way back. Yeah, and I think it's awesome. I think this is part of the reason why I didn't want the Celtics to move on from him because I think there was just so much more value off of the court as well. And it's also just the challenge of trying to replace a talent like that. But everything that he said, um, you know, the way that they did the presentation and everything, um, I think about when he went to go to Dorchester about like a few days before all this came to fruition. And this is just kind of the the in indicator uh, of what kind of player you have in Jalen Brown, because he's so much more than a basketball player. And I think that's probably the reason why he's so beloved. Obviously, you know, everything he's done for the Celtics is great. Um and the success that they've had and even with that game seven performance against the heat obviously that's a letdown and it's not like he's unaware of that either but there's so much more value beyond what he brings on the court and i think there's a lot of unfinished business here um that they've got to go through but everything that everyone said and i know it's you know it's announcement so some of this stuff might be prepped and pre-prepared and everything you know they've got everyone ready to say you know x y and z but this is the first time in a long time we've seen a player been this invested in the city. You know, like Marcus was to an extent, but I think Jalen, because of the cachet he has, um, just has so much more influence and power. And he's made a very big point of making that part of what he plans to do with this massive contract he's got. You know, he's got what they call generational wealth. And uh, Gary Washburn asked him as much, what are you going to do with this money? You know, you're talking five years, $304 million, fully guaranteed, no player option, 15% uh, trade kicker, no uh, team option either. It's fully guaranteed all the way through. Um, I mean, before I go into any more about what he plans to do, because I think that's incredible. Like, what are your thoughts on the financial implications? Because for me, I'm just kind of like, you worry about that stuff later with this kind of guy. Damn. <laughs> it's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money. Loud, that's a lot of money. Guaranteed money on top of that. But listen, um, we talked about how Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are the pillars. Now, a couple of years ago, you had other players that were the pillars while these two were able to grow. Now I feel like these are the two you're going to build your house on. They're the foundation. And you you, you heard Jalen Brown in the interview, I think, with Chris Forsberg. He said, listen, uh, I got all NBA, second team, whatever, whatever, but none of that matters. I, I got to be better. Can we give this man some credit for knowing 
Like, a, a lot of people felt he was kind of, like, conceited. He didn't really care about his game too much, blah, 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 all that bull crap. Now he came out and said he got to be better. He didn't specifically say what he needed to be better in, but he felt like he didn't hit his potential, his max yet, and he feels like he has a lot more to give. And so for that, even after getting a super max, and you come out and say, hey, you got to be better, that lets me know that this kid's mindset is on a whole nother planet. Like, this, he's on a different level, and that's what you want from a player like this. You know what I'm saying? Because... The fact that he's gonna sit there and 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 put more into his game to even be a better max, but he can't be more of a max player, right? But he's gonna even push to be better than what he was able to bring. You know why? Because they have a goal. And he talked about team, 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 team. It was less about him. And he talked about how we have a goal. Like, yo, we got so close, we got this close, and we still didn't accomplish it. And when we do, it's gonna be the greatest feeling in the world. It was it. it it almost brought me to tears when they did the little segment. There was a little segment they put out about Marcus Smart, and he finally opened up and talked about their relationship uh, and how they were cool. They got into it a few times, but, man, they, they used to put each other in the headlock all the time, and, and they used to have fun and challenge each other, and he said you'll never be able to replace what Marcus, Spar Marcus Smart brought to the team. But he's going to use what he saw and what he learned from Marcus Smart as a young pup, and now he's stepping in the ro uh, realm of being a leader, and hopefully he'll pass that down onto the next generation as a young man in the NBA. Yeah, and there was some stuff he said specifically about like Smart's departure, more along the lines of we can't lose our defensive identity because Marcus Smart went out the door. Um, and made a point of saying that's what we're going to hang our hat on this year, which is such an interesting change from what Joe Missoula was trying to say last year, where it's like, well, just take as many threes as you want and, and we'll figure out the rest later. I think they're going to have more of a balanced approach. Do I think they're adding more to their offense? Absolutely. Um, Jalen made a point of saying that, you know, Kristaps brings a lot defensively. So like, that's good. And I think also just at the big man position, they got a lot stronger because they went out and they got Porzingis, who is definitely a better player than Grant Williams is. Are you paying him a lot more? Absolutely. But he's worth it. And you've got two more years after this that you got him at what now is a bargain based deal. And I think an important thing too, looking at like the cap situation, like the salary cap is going to change. And while people say, yeah, this is the biggest contract in the NBA history. Jalen Brown is the richest man in the NBA right now it's the biggest contract in the nba so far and in one year it's going to get beat because one you just got more players you're going to be available to get money salary cap goes up so that percentage goes up so the next guy who gets a supermax contract is then going to have the highest paid contract in the nba and i think it's a little bit different than you know a guy like james harden or russell westbrook getting this kind of contract you know at 30 or 31 or even 32 you know you're, you're talking about a guy who's still very much in his youth hasn't entered his full prime yet and, and also like you said knows that he needs to add to his game in order to take that next step and i think the, the gaps in his play are very much predictable at this point you know what his shortcomings are going to be and it's a matter of trying to mitigate those as well as for him to make some individual improvements so like part of that's on coaching and schemes and how they need to run plays and where you need him defensively, but also, you know, trying to get him to improve on his own. And I think the fact that he said, I have to be better, like you said, just like trying to go out there and improve on what he's already done. And it seems like a tall order, but like, like I said, like the gaps in his game are very clear and present. 
and you know how they need to go about them. You know, he needs to fix that handle a little bit, get better with that offhand uh, and needs to work a little bit on his decision making with that vision. And that either means, you know, knowing when to pass, when not to pass, when to go up for it, when to not drive, um, when to kick it back out. And I think it's going to be a whole lot more interesting how the Celtics go about things offensively. And one of those changes, which I think is a big one beyond just, you know, what Jalen's been talking about for the team, but the Celtics names, Joe Mazzulla specifically names Derek White a starter, which means you have to assume he's going to be the starting point guard for this team, which I think is deserved. But how does that trickle down and affect the rest of the lineup? Like, are you going with, are you, are you going to be running double bigs now still? You know, because that means, or are you like acquiring another player? You know, is is Horford going to be starting for you, or is it going to be Rob with Horford coming off the bench? Like, there's going to be some very interesting things for them to figure out, or is it going to be something even like you know, throwing a complete wrench in the situation where you have like Sam Hauser playing like the three spot where you just have a th- just a pure three point shooter, and then you've got Brown, you've got Tatum, and then you've got Porzingis. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens there. But what are your thoughts on Derek being named a starter? Ah, I'm I'm excited, and and I feel like it's something that he earned, and this is probably one of the reasons why they moved on from from Marcus Smart. If you look at and and I and I know, I know Marcus Smart brought the defensive identity each and every night. It was it was a menace to the game, but I felt like the difference between him and Derek White. Derek White was more of a of a of a of a, a knack, right? He was like a nuisance. Like he just never gave up on a on a play. And all of a sudden he's stealing the ball from behind or he's blocking a shot and he's doing those things that, you know, are different defensively. So maybe the identity shifts in a little bit because he's just a different defensive type of player. But overall, I felt like he was a much better point guard when he was looking to make a play and get his players involved. And then when he was asked to take a shot, he would take the shot. And when he was hot, he was hot. When he was off, he was still making plays. And I think he earned the starting point guard spot. Now, how does this affect the rest of the roster or the starting lineup in what you were talking about? I mean, I think this is great news because now we get to see more of Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench. I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to lead that second team unit. You know what I'm saying? And I would like to have Brogdon. I, I wouldn't even mind Pritchard being the one in the second unit, keeping Brogdon at the two, letting him be the dominant scorer of that. And then you, and maybe you can manage a little bit more Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's minutes because now you can add Chris Porzingis to that second unit. You can, there's so many different things you can do. I just feel like it's a plus. I know a lot of Celtic fans feel like we, or not the Celtic fans, but just a lot of the, the media out there felt like the Celtics didn't get better because they added Kristaps Porzingis. Well, guess what? They just signed Jalen Brown to the Supermax contract, and right there, they're back to where they needed to be, and now adding Kristaps Porzingis, and now put Derek White as the starting point guard. I think you can start say to yourself, I think we're starting to get a little bit better. I know we lost some key uh, elements to our, our identity uh, as a Boston Celtic fan, but they're going to be, I think they're going to be just fine. I don't even think they're going to have a slow start. The one thing I like about Missoula, he's know how he knows how to get his team to a fast start. The question is, can they stay at pace? You know what I'm saying? Throughout the regular season. And that's going to come down to health because I think he's overall, when it comes to Missoula, 
overall, he was a great coach. You know what I'm saying? First year did a damn good job. Did he struggle? Did he have some things he needed to need to work on? Absolutely. But the thing different, the difference now is he's had, he has help. Now he's going to have assistants that cater to him, that fit his mold, opposed to, you know, guys that fit the older head coach mold. So I think the starting unit is going to be something that we have to look forward to. You talked about double bigs. I don't see why you would ever go away from that because you have three options you can do with the double big segment. And I think it comes down to matchups, Tim, believe it or not. But the Celtics, I think, are going to be just fine. The only question mark from the article that we just read is how is Malcolm Brogdon going to fare knowing that his behind was on the trade that you know the trade market and so will he come in and have will he feel some type of way i'm gonna be honest with you tim i didn't know this was a thing i didn't know players really do feel some type of way about stuff i think like he should this. absolutely yeah I, I, i'm not disagreeing with you or him i i just they they didn't trade you so can you brush it off your shoulders homie i don't know no <laughs> i don't know if i could man like okay. i mean I so you. per I mean, to be fair, he went from being moved to not being moved in like a span of like eight hours. I remember like going to work and seeing the alert like, oh, snap, like they're working on this trade like this is going to happen. And then I got out of work and it was like 1030 at night. And they're like, oh, the deal fell apart. And I was like, what the what the what is going on right now? And it all came down to actually not being able to get in a physical form and being concerned about that elbow. Now, they haven't said anything specifically about him needing surgery that pretty much they've only said like, yeah, we're managing it and he should be fine and good to go for the season. Like, it's not something he needs to have operated on. Like they consulted a bunch of people. He went to multiple doctors to get an opinion on the situation. Um, obviously, that was the elbow that hampered him during the postseason. And honestly, his absence was really felt because you needed that option off the bench. Now you're adding Porzingis to this situation. So you got another offensive piece. And while you're losing pieces in Marcus Smart and, um, you know, Grant Williams, obviously, now you kind of have to navigate this whole new situation where, you, as they called it, they called it the healing process. Now, this is a piece from a uh, piece from Suichi Tirada over at Mass Live. Um, and these are some of the things that were answered during Jalen Brown's, um, you know, announcement. And one of these things was talking about what's going on with Malcolm Brogdon and from Missoula from the article. Uh, the organization has had a few conversations, said Missoula. I think anytime you are in a situation like that and you are in a relationship, you just have to take some small steps into it. There is a healing process. There is a listening process. And to see it where we are at and where we have to get to. Hmm. <laughs> we've we've had some conversations as an organization, but at the same time, we understand that the situation that it was. And as the healing process goes on, we will move forward as well as you can. Hmm. That does not. Um, it sounds it like. Just, hmm. What do you think? I mean, like, it doesn't sound resoundingly good to me. It, it didn't sound good, period. You ain't got to add any adjectives or adverbs in front of that joint to me. For, like It just. It just doesn't sound promising that, like, like whatever they, whatever the Celtics need to do to repair this, they need to get on it right now. I think they have been. It's just a question of how much can you do, right? Yeah, because you're saying now he has to be the one to forgive, and everybody's forgive moment it happens when they're ready to forgive. Mm. Ooh, this is deep. Well. <laughs> 
Well, 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 I'll tell you what. The moment he gets out there, he'll be back with with the guys. You know, maybe that'll start changing things. He Malcolm Brogdon probably had his best season as an NBA player last year. Maybe a sec, maybe the second best season. Yeah, but, I think I think that's fair. That's fair, and 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 I understand. I'm, I'm I'm wondering who who would talk to him and say, well, you know, Malcolm, it is a business. It it's it's not personal. It's a business, and you know, he ain't gonna want to hear that. But at the end of the day, he's still a Celtic. That know? was my first thought. Is like. Someone just sits him down. It's just like, hey, champ, like, how are we doing today? How are you doing? Can't call him champ yet, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I this is always the situation I came down to. Right. Was if you went to trade him, you can't like expect things to just be fine and things to just go back to how they were. I do. I'm a fairy. I wanted to. I wanted to. Don't get me wrong. Um I think ultimately, like they they are going to have to move on from some people eventually, just because of the money situation and the cap crunch they're yeah, going to be the, in. But the players don't want to hear that shit. They're no, like, they of course they don't want to. They, they don't, don't want to hear that. that. They know it, and they know that it's a possibility that it can happen. But when it happens, they not feeling it. So I'm I I get it. I I get it. He plus he's getting paid with the Celtics wherever he went. But he'll go wherever he wherever he goes. He's gonna get paid. That money's okay. not changing. So that money's guaranteed. Okay. Yeah, I he's he's sure. he's yeah he's on the books right now for twenty two point five million for Good this God. season and then the season after. Yeah, and I mean that's that's really what it comes down to, right? Like Malcolm Brogdon is a great player, um, and he adds a lot to what the Celtics are trying to do. Uh, but ultimately, at that price, See? it's a matter of whether or not you like want to put all of that money into one player. And I think he adds a lot, but. Again, we just talked about how he had one of his best career seasons last year. What are the odds that he comes even close to that this season? Because he I managed his health. He got hurt in the playoffs. Significant, like significant injury at a really bad time in the postseason that obviously screwed the Celtics over. The importance to the roster is undeniable. Like he was massive in their success. He's a massive part of their success moving forward if he is still on this team. But the question is whether or not he can actually come close to repeating that kind of success because they did a lot of injury management, um, you know, resting him, making sure he's coming off the bench, keeping an eye on those minutes. I want him to be able to replicate it. If he did, I would eat a shoe like it would be great if he could go out there and have another six man of the year, like caliber kind of season. But you worry about the injuries and. It's less about the skill of the player. It's more about what you're paying them. It's like the same thing for like seeing guys like Russell Westbrook, you know, when he was in LA and when he was struggling or when he was having like decent games, it's like, it's never about the player or the talent. It's how much you're paying them and how much that takes away from what you can put towards other positions or other players on your roster. So it's just an interesting predicament that they're in now. And this is kind of what I always was worried about whenever like talks got to a certain point, right? You know, like if you were ever going to go down that road with Jalen Brown, if you actually like serious talks came out, like you got to finish the deal, you know? And I think now that Jalen signed, like that changes that situation. But now you, you, they are going to turn their attention to Brogdon stuff. Right. And that's where I, I'm wondering what the direction's going to be on that. I, I just feel like, the Celtics are, were prepared for this financially, and whatever, like I, I'm, I'm a stand by and say whatever it is they need to do to repair, 
this, they just need to do it. I, if they got to go overboard in repairing it, they should. And, and, and it's because of what he brought to the team last year. And you can arguably say, even though Tatum went down, and I am not comparing the two as far as talent, but if you had a healthy Malcolm Brogdon, we're shooting the lights out of the gym. Like, we're shooting our way into the finals. And he couldn't hit a shot. He couldn't make a layup. Uh, so you you knew his his uh, injury was super uh, significant and detrimental to the way that the team was responding. He's the type of person that knows how to attack the basket, draw the foul, those intricate things, you know. And because you had to, because you couldn't play him, you tried. Missoula tried. He gave him a shot. Malcolm Brogdon went out there and, and took a shot. But when Missoula realized he was hurting the team more than he was helping the team, he had to he had to be removed and they had to figure out a different way. I feel like his value to the team, regardless if it's over that financial number that we're thinking in our head, I like I guess my question is who in the hell else we want to add to this roster? I'm ready to watch the roster that we have right now play. Like, I, I feel like that roster right there and develop Pritchard, develop Hauser into a freaking three-point sharpshooting guy. Like, that, like that's what the Celtics can do. Uh, I don't think they need to get anybody else to add to this team. Um, I know they'll have some MLEs and all that type of stuff uh, at some point to use if they could choose to use it, but I just feel like I'm ready to watch the roster that they currently have, the one that they constructed this offseason, I'm ready to watch them play. And I think that they're going to do a significant amount of damage to the NBA. Like, I really do. Bearing health. I got to put that in there. Celtics find ways to get unhealthy at the wrong times. Yeah, and I think ultimately, when you look at the roster right now, there's still some moves to make. It's just a question of what the magnitude's going to be. And, you know, you're... You don't have to worry about Jalen's contract affecting you right now. So that doesn't change your salary cap situation in the slightest right now. Adding Porzingis does. Porzingis is the highest paid player in the Celtics right now. But money-wise, you're probably looking at FET minimums. Um, I think they've got some TPEs. I don't think you're restricted as of right now to use the TPEs, um, even if you're over the salary cap, because you can absorb them into that. Um, I think they need to be you know, careful in how they're pursuing things. But, you know... If the Clippers were still interested in Brogdon, maybe there's a situation where, you know, you land Norman Powell or maybe you try and go in a younger direction. Maybe you again, I I keep going back to it because I think Toronto, the Raptors have to make a decision on what direction they're going in, because I think they're in this weird spot right now where, you know, they've got some younger guys and they've got some pieces from their championship squad, which is now like that was four years ago. So they need to start thinking what what the next steps are going to be. And for the Celtics, you know, you can hold on to Brogdon, but I think ultimately you've got him for one more year and then you need to make a move with them because you're just not going to have the same flexibility. The salary cap is probably going to go up a little bit um, until it does. It's going to be really, really tight against that second apron right now. They'd be like just up against it with between like seven players so that's a lot of money to have tied up there and you have to fill up the rest of the roster. So it's going to be a lot of trying to get guys into the building at a young age, hitting on your draft picks and having those guys get developed and playing important parts on your team. So drafting guys who are high floor, like I think Jordan Walsh is a high floor guy, 
Um, he still has a lot of potential. He's super young, needs to be built out and everything like that. But like, yeah, there's but- a lot of opportunity for it. And, and the thing I like about Walsh is the fact that I can see him getting minutes. Why? Because I feel like he can do the intangibles. Now, he, it doesn't take skill set to do the intangibles. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Now, if you're asking him to shoot shoot out of, you know, that's one thing. Uh, that That's going to change when the lights come on and you're on TV and you're playing, you know, against, you know, the, the teams. But, grown men. <laughs> Grown-ass men on top of that. But... All I'm saying is he can still he has the the physique and the and the and the body to to do the intangibles. One of the key things that we lost in Marcus Smart and Grant Williams were the fact that they were willing to risk their bodies out there. This is a younger kid, younger body, and he's willing to dive, do whatever it is, play play gritty, you know. And so maybe you get that out of him. I remember growing up watching uh, Celtics draft players, right. And Tony Allen comes to mind. Uh, Avery Bradley comes to mind. Uh, and, and these guys weren't offensive, like, shooters, juggernauts, things like that. But you know what they brought their first year? Defense. Maybe the Celtics are getting back to that in these draft picks and finding guys that can kind of bring that defensive presence, just the gritty stuff. That way the other players, you know, can stand out and do what it is that they do defensively. Because you got the block shots. You got the shot blocking with Rob Williams. You got, you know, steals and and shot blocking with Derek White. Tatum can intercept any pass in any lane. Jalen Brown, to me, may be, and I I know this is pushing, but I just feel like he's still a great on-ball defender. Yeah, the on-ball stuff is definitely there. I don't know how he does it, but it's there. Because he still needs energy to score. So it's weird. Like, how are you keeping up with him and then still trying to find ways to score? Because he falls asleep off ball. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Just a, a little bit. Joke, too. That's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> how does Jay stay on ball? Because he falls asleep off ball. That's kind of cool. He rests. <laughs> he does. He takes off. And then people will be like, Jay, yo. And then he looks at the guy like, you. that was me? Oh, my bad. Oh, um, Yeah. <laughs> but no, but I, I, I know we don't know our identity yet, and I'm, we're gonna do a whole show on what our identity, what our our identity should be or could be, uh, as you know we get closer to the season. But all I know is like I'm just excited to see what we have. If we add pieces, I trust what they're doing. At the at this point, I, we have what we need to contest. What we choose to add to me would be like. I don't want to say the glue, but the filling, like just the extra stuff that you can use yeah. to kind of keep stuff together. Yeah, and I think it's ultimately going to be what they manage to add with these final few roster spots. That could be something we'll save for next episode because I do want to see where the team is financially, what they've got to use, what they can use, can't use. Um, there's still some guys who are out in the market that would be nice additions for the bench um, or could be good rotational pieces at like a lower number. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about the rest of this roster. Again, some of these guys like um, uh, Banton doesn't have a guaranteed deal. So like it, his contract becomes fully guaranteed uh, if he makes the opening night roster. So like some of these guys, you know, you signed, but you don't really know how they're going to figure into the equation. Uh, O'Shea Brissett's going to probably be a decent factor. I'm sure he's going to slide into the rotation nicely. Um, but I'm interested to see how the starting lineup pans out and what the direction is there, because that'll be indicative of what the team is thinking. Um, in terms of going offense over defense, that kind of thing. But with that, 
you have anything else to add for today, man? I know we've got a jet soon. <laughs> yeah, man, we're good to go, man. Brown is here. The team is the, the pillars are here. The team has already continued to start building around the pillars with the addition of Kristaps Porzingis. They're going to figure out a way to 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 mend the broken heart of 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 the Malcolm Brogdon situation. And the good news is that they made well-earned, well-deserved, they made the starting point guard, Derek White. And so let's see what happens. Yeah. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode of Vitamin C's. Again, catch us next time, and we'll see you all soon. So cheers. The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed.